0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I'm the host of this show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the Games. Today we have Ryan Walkendorfer, incredible dude, USA, snowboarding halfpipe, such a fun person to hang out with. He had so much to say. He was such a relaxed, very, very chill dude. I love to use that because when you listen to the episode, you'll hear it. Ryan's a super incredible dude. He's an Olympic hopeful coming up uh, for 2022, but he's, he's been doing this his whole life. He's got, he's got a lot of experience, been to a lot of places, and was a very fun interview. So I hope you enjoy this episode one more time with Ryan Walkendorfer. All right, today, special guest Ryan Walkendorfer, USA snowboarding discipline halfpipe. Ryan was born February 3rd, 1996 out in I guess sometimes snowy Denver, Colorado. I don't understand the weather there, man. It's very confusing to me. Um, so he started snowboarding at the age of four and started competing in, in competitions at the age of 10. He debuted in the World Cup on December 13th, 2013. He's been on the U.S. national team for the last five years. In April 2017, Ryan became the U.S. champion in halfpipe, and he is currently a 2022 hopeful. Ryan, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm psyched I'm to do this.
0: Start your story wherever you'd like. It's your story, man. I mean, you can start yeah. us back the, on that fateful day in February. You can start us as snowboarding. I mean, take take it away, brother. It's all yours.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd say I grew up in um, – I was born in Denver, moved around a little bit when I was pretty young, um, <clears throat> and then started snowboarding just with my family up in Vail. When I was about four, I never learned how to ski. I actually told my dad that I wanted to learn how to snowboard right away. Um, my family's all skiers, so I'm kind of a black sheep in that sense, um, and they didn't really know how to teach me how to snowboard, so um, my dad kind of took me around. He was going to put me in ski school, and they wouldn't take me until I was seven years old, um, so he took me into a little snowboard shop in the village in Vail and uh, kind of just hired a guy out of there and was like, hey, will you teach my son how to snowboard? And That was how I got my foot in the door. And, um, when I was six, I went back to ski school and my dad's like, you know, just, just watch him. I know, I know he's not seven, but, um, do you guys just give him a chance? So started at the local ski school there and, um, you know, learned how to snowboard there. And, um, it was good, man. You know, I started, started snowboarding more and more throughout middle school and, um, kind of towards the end of middle school was when I started competing more, started getting to travel a little bit. And, uh, the big thing for me was, you know it was so cool to miss school to snowboard mm. and um that was just such a different part of my life that you know all my friends you know were into snowboarding and into skiing and stuff but i got to travel to all these cool places to snowboard which was really special for me and and something different um so i kind of you know made a deal with my parents that if i had good grades you know a's and b's that they would let me travel and miss school to snowboard and, and get to go on these crazy trips so that was kind of where i fell in love with competing and um getting to see new places, getting to meet new people from all over the world was really cool. Uh, and then, you know, kind of got more, more and more serious going through high school. And um, I did my freshman year of high school at a just a local high school. And then when I was a sophomore, I transferred to uh, the Vale Ski and Snowboard Academy, which is a ski and snowboard specific school. Um, so it's kind of a mix between online school and, um, you know, in class, but uh, they're really flexible. They they really adapt to our schedules and, and uh, help us train as much as possible. So that was really crucial in, in kind of my upbringing through school. Um, You know, it's tough. Like a lot of people don't realize that, you know, to be an athlete and train and, and also go to school, it's a lot. And, um, you know, that was definitely a, definitely an avenue for me that that helped me for sure. So,
0: yeah, man, I can see that being extremely helpful and really just getting you to understand kind of, what it's like i mean you're so you're sophomore in high school so what you're like 15 years old and and i'm not great with um you know geography but how far is vale from denver is that like a stone's throw or is that a legitimate like couple hour drive
1: um denver's yeah denver's probably two hours from vale okay Um, so you're you're
0: moving away from your family at that point then correct
1: yes well actually uh
0: i lived in vale full-time
1: with my family through high school okay okay yeah. So, uh, my family lived in Vail until just about 2 or 3 years ago and they've since moved to Denver. Okay. Um I'm still living in Vail full time. Um I love Vail. I love I love Vail all year round. Like it's just as good in the summer as it is in the winter. There's super good mountain biking and just it's a fun place to be, so. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still there. They're in Denver now, but yeah, they were they were in Vail when I was in high school.
0: Okay. So you still have the opportunity to see your family, so it's not like you're moving away because I've spoken to some athletes who like from Montana to Vail or Montana to, um, you know, Salt Lake City. So, so, so they're yep. moving a minute away. So at that point, you know, 15 years old, is that kind of a decision you made on your own or was that a decision that you kind of sat down, spoke with multiple people and really tried to understand, I'm not just doing this because it's fun to miss school. I'm doing this because this is something that is a legitimate career path.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when I was 15 – Um, I was just trying to take it as far as I could and I'm still trying to do that to be honest. So, um, I mean, when I was 15, I was probably, you know, I was taking it really seriously, um, trying to, you know, be as productive as I could be, you know, as with school, with snowboarding, um, and, you know, also trying to have a social life as well too. Like, you know, high school is a big part of everyone's life. And, um, you know, you add us being, trying to be a professional athlete in there too. It's tough, but, um, you know, I think what I sacrificed at home being a normal high school kid, I gained through, you know, traveling and, and, you know, getting to travel the world with some of my best friends and snowboarding is like something that not a lot of people get to do. So, um, what I lost being a normal high school kid, I gained through, through snowboarding. So
0: love that, man. Love it. And so then at what point did this and I understand obviously at the, such a young age you're like hell yeah I mean what's the worst that can happen you just go back to regular high school right but at what yeah. point was this like okay this is a legitimate career this is something that I can make money and continue to do for an extended period of time
1: yeah so I would say that that kind of turning point didn't happen until actually right before I graduated high school um, so I you know I competed a lot through high school um, through just the local ski club in Vale. Um, traveled quite a bit had some good results and then I was actually planning to go to Colorado School of Mines which is in Golden Um, was all signed up applied got in um, and then about I would say a month and a half before I graduated high school I got a call that I made the U.S. rookie team and so that for me was kind of a turning point in my career Um, you know I sat down with my parents we kind of looked at everything decided to to defer from school mines for a year uh, and go with the U.S. team full time, so I wouldn't be going to school uh, right out of high school, and just kind of see where I could take it. Um, and so that for me was like, you know, okay, like wow, I can make this a career. I could, you know, my parents believe in me; they're going to let me put off school. Um, I don't think they ever thought they would make that decision, and um, they've been nothing but but supportive. And and uh, I couldn't do anything I'm doing right now without them. So.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to them, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Walkendorfer. I think that that's extremely important. I mean, parents are always, I mean, if, as cliche as it sounds, they're very important figures in our life. And and if you can get the, you know, quote unquote, blessing of your parents to say, no, man, go do this. This is amazing. I mean, again, worst comes to worst. You're there for a couple of years. It unfortunately doesn't work. And then you go back to college. So it's worth a shot to at least try it, right? So I think that that yeah. was, was really smart on their part and really smart on your part to just again see where it can take you right
1: yeah that was the whole thing you know my parents were like you know school's always going to be there for you and whether you start going to school when you're 25 or you know two years down the road like it's not gonna it's not going anywhere and not a lot of people get this opportunity so let's take advantage of it and uh here we are five years later so
0: love it man love it and um right around the time that you were put on the u.s rookie team you made your world cup debut correct
1: yeah i made my world cup debut Uh I think as a junior in high school.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so it was a little bit before that.
1: Yeah, I graduated in twenty fourteen. So I, I think my first World Cup was in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that was my first one. I think my first one was actually in Finland. Uh which is like northern Finland, something I you know, I haven't been back, but it was one of my favorite places still to this day. So um that was my first World Cup debut and then, you know, kind of started started ticking them off throughout the years. Um, And then, you know, making the U.S. team helps with that for sure, so. Mm
0: -hmm. And what was that first experience like? I mean, you're 17, 18 years old, not even at the time, 16, 17. I mean, what was that like um, going there and and realizing you're you're racing against and and competing against some of the best in the world?
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. It was like, you know, the first World Cup I did um, was really eye-opening and just kind of like baptism by fire almost, you know, Mm -hmm. like showing up and competing against all these guys that, I've known and looked up to, and um, you know, kind of being in the mix with them was a huge eye opener. It was like, you know, wow, I need to learn all these tricks now, and mm-hmm. to be able to be with them. Um, but it was also like, you know, a good a good reminder of like, okay, well, you know, I've worked hard. I've I've earned where I am right now. I have work to do, but um, you know, like something's
0: working. So clearly. Yeah, it was yep. working, man. You got there. And, and how much of that time did you spend, again, at such a young age, I don't know what I would have done. I just try and put myself in other people's shoes. You know, like, yeah. how much of that time did you go around and just try and either introduce yourself, shake hands, pick brains? Like, how much of that was there? And how much of it was just, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm at the World Cup. Let me not fall across my fingers.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, that's one thing I would say I wish I did more of was
0: kind of shake hands and meet people. Um, snowboarding is such
1: a tight community that it's really important to to make that face time and get and get your name out there um you know everybody kind of knows everybody and i think in, a, in, a, in the world of snowboarding that's it's very important to to know people and and um just kind of you know follow that and and get your name out there because a lot of times people don't do that and then kind of fall through the cracks um but if you t- if i yeah I, I, that's one thing i wish i would have done more is kind of put more time you know, and it's it's hard to find that balance too of focusing on yourself and trying to do 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 your best and and you know you hope that that'll that's all you need to do, but also you need to put in time to to do the marketing aspect too.
0: Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. There is definitely a balance there. Um, I would say, I mean, again, coming from it from an outside view, obviously focus on. What you can control and then from there and that's your that's your competition that's your run um and then from there you know that'll that'll also open up some doors along the way right you know people totally. they, they say uh, say see this 17 16 17 year old kid throw down a pretty good run uh, i'm sure some people will come say hello to you as well and i'm yeah. sure that did happen so
1: yeah no it's yeah it's a good balance to find for sure
0: mm-hmm. heck yeah man um so you what has being on the U.S. national team done for you and joining and, and competing in these World Cups, how has that increased your either want, your drive, your motivation, and really just also all of the uh, – how do I say it? All of the amenities and accessories that being on the U.S. national team, how has that helped you increase your performance over the last five years?
1: Uh, being on the U.S. team is,
0: is – um... It's huge. Um, there's so many avenues
1: and so many aspects of the U.S. team that are that are influential into helping me make my make the most of my career. Um, you know, I think when I made the U.S. team, it was right after the Sochi Olympics. So the spring of 2014. Um, you know, the Sochi Olympics were in January of that same year, and so there was a big turnover in that in that team. Um, so a lot of the new rookie team that I was a part of was also new to the team which was really cool because, you know, it was bringing kids from all over the U.S. Uh, I think there was – I think the, when I made the U.S. rookie team, there was probably eight of us, eight to ten of us, um, and we were all new. So it was, it was a new mix of, of people from around the U.S., but, you know, we were all kind of brought together by snowboarding and by, you know, what we all do all the time. So um, even though we didn't really know each other super well, it's just kind of like a click, like we just mix so well. Um, And I think, you know, making the U.S. team and realizing all the advantages that come with that, you know, they help with school, they help with travel, they help with, you know, contest fees and and so much stuff, training, coaches, waxing, like there's so many things, so many opportunities within the U.S. team that um, getting to where I am today would have been really hard, if not impossible, without them, so.
0: Heck yeah. Shout out to the U S national team. We appreciate them helping you out along the way, man. And I mean, clearly again, you're well-deserving um, from everything that we've already talked about. So I think that's pretty cool. And not only everything we've talked about, but also you won in April of last year. So barely 18 months ago, um, you won the U S championship for halfpipe, correct? How was that? And what was that experience like and going up some of the best in the country? I mean, best in the world and uh, yeah. you know, coming out on top.
1: Yeah it was really cool. Um, last year was actually a really good year for me, so um, in February of last year, I got my first World Cup podium um, in Mammoth, which was like a big breakthrough for me, um, just both you know mentally and, and for my confidence, it was huge. Um, you know, I've been on the World Cup circuit for whatever 2013 to 2017, so four years, um, and that was my first podium, so I don't know how many events that is, but I'm sure you could add them up. mm-hmm. My dad's favorite, my dad always tells me his favorite song is it's a long way to the top to rock and roll by ACDC. Nice. Um, And I've definitely learned a lot from that song. (laughs) um, So yeah, that happened in February of last year, which was awesome. And then made the world world championship team, which was in Spain um, and got to fly to Spain last spring. Um, And ended up being uh, was ninth in that competition. So uh, I think I was the second American in Spain. Um, So kind of, kind of, came off of the second world cup um, with that podium went to spain got a top 10 there and then ended the season with that first in copper which is awesome so um those three events were were huge um, in both just you know shaping my riding and also just you know proving to myself that i could be there and compete with these guys
0: yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, if that doesn't prove it, I don't know what will. So, you know, con- clearly, congratulations on that one, man. Killing it all of 2017. Um, now, for the unfortunate part, after such an amazing year in 2017, 2018, I mean, it was Olympic year, obviously. Um, you told me already, but what, what happened and why? Um, why, unfortunately, did you not make uh, the 2018 games?
1: Yeah, so I came into 20, the 2017-2018 season feeling really good. You know, coming off that that spring of 2017. Um, you know, I was confident in my riding. I was confident in learning new tricks and putting a run together that I thought would be competitive in going into the Olympic trials and and um, you know eventually the Olympic games in, in uh, South Korea. So we started our the way the Olympic qualifying works is we have usually four or five events um, this season leading up to the Olympics. So our qualifier started in, in December and we had four events before South Korea. Um, and then what they do is they take the top four Americans from those four events to South Korea. So you don't even know if you make the team until like two weeks before usually, which is crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's a lot of pressure when, you know, you have family and friends asking a year out, like, Hey, when should we get our tickets to the Olympics? And you're like, well, I don't even, I won't even know till a week before. So it's really hard. That was a lot of pressure for me. Um, and I, that was something I didn't realize, but, uh, going into the qualifying last year, so we started in Copper, which was our first qualifier. I was one outside of making finals. Um, it was a gnarly weather day, like snowing, windy. Um, I put a decent run down, but it wasn't what I wanted. Um, so, you know, I was kind of fired up and, and ready to take on the second, second event, um, which was the Dew Tour in Breckenridge. Um, so both, you know, local events that are... 30
0: minutes from my house you know like home home field advantage there was, you go have a nice sleep. breakfast that morning sleep yeah yeah
1: sleeping in my own bed it was nice I and leave um but yeah due tour was going super well I made finals um finals turned out to be like an amazing day sun no wind the pipe was awesome um I was feeling really good in practice and I was the first to drop in for finals so I actually took three practice runs, and then, uh, you know, kind of took some time to rest and get some water before we started the event. And then um, first run, I dropped in, had this run all planned out. It was feeling really good. Came down to the last trick, which was um, my cab double 12, um, biggest, biggest trick in my run. And I thought I was just a little over the deck, which is like top of the half pipe. Um And so I was kind of bracing for impact when I was coming back in. And I ended up just just barely making it into the very top of the wall and was kind of off balance and it was not even really that hard of a crash but it was just really awkward and i i caught my heel edge as almost as if i was had handcuffs on and my arm was behind me and um with the impact of landing on my arm in the flat bottom it broke my humerus my radius and dislocated my wrist all at once Um, so yeah, it was pretty serious and it, it sucked for sure, but um, you know, I was just thankful that it wasn't a head injury or a knee injury, you know, something that's a little more a more uh just longer recovery and harder to get back from. You know, bones heal pretty quick and um so it was a super big bummer, like pretty devastating to know that th- that whole Olympic run was over. But um went back to Vale, got surgery that night. I think they did like 23 screws and two plates um but bones heal and i was feeling really good like six weeks later so um i actually ended my season with uh the u.s open last year so i was able to make it back for that so, nice yeah that's
0: yeah. that's always good and um you know i watch obviously it's difficult to watch a lot of the olympic sports and unless the olympics are on unfortunately but you know just with just just to make the analogy to normal sports normal quote-unquote sports baseball basketball, yeah. hockey um it's always nice when a player, if they do get injured, they can come back for that last little bit. It's kind of just to remember, remind yourself, okay, no, I'm here. It's cool. Everything's fine and get ready for next year kind of thing. So I can see that being kind of a, just a little, I don't know, momentum builder or just a nice little reminder of, nope, I'm here. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. Everyone can say, hi, remember me. And, you know, we'll go right into next year. So obviously it's extremely unfortunate. Um, But at the same time, man, you know, happy that you're, you're healthy now. Everything's cool. and yeah um it's unfortunate we got to wait another four years that's my least favorite part about the olympics but one of those things man something tells me you'll be there so i'm not really too worried about it
1: yeah no it'll be good i'm excited it'll be it'll be a good four years and, and that whole last olympic olympic cycle was definitely a big learning experience and um you know i think it's only gonna get better so
0: exactly take it use it um use it as motivation use it a chip on your shoulder kind of stuff and just uh run uh run and rock and roll with each can man I, i love it so what what about what do you have to do to get ready for the 2022 games obviously you put yourself in a pretty good situation um where you were for 2018 so obviously four more years of wisdom four more years of knowledge four more years of experience will help but what is there anything specific that you look for either on a yearly basis or, or just to increase over those four years to make sure you put yourself in the best possible situation?
1: I mean, I think, um, you know, as snowboarding is kind of a new, newer sport to the Olympics, we kind of take it year by year instead of, you know, other sports, you know, going by Olympic cycles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we definitely have big events every year. So, like, this year we have world championships in Park City. So the world championships are coming back to the U.S., which is super exciting. So I'd say, you know, kind of narrowing the scope of the four years into one year is a little more mm-hmm. manageable and a little more, um, you know, practical for me at least. And, and to kind of set goals that, you know, it's hard to set goals four years away, even though it's important to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, set those big goals and make the Olympic team. But also to kind of to reel yourself in and be like, okay, well, what can I do tomorrow to become a better snowboarder? Mm-hmm. It's, important to, it's important to give it some perspective. Um, and just do what you can each day to, to get a little bit better and better. And, you know, that'll eventually pay off over four years. So. um, Totally agree, man. Yeah. For me right now, I think, you know, I'm out here in Switzerland training and, you know, have these amazing opportunities to travel and, and have fun with my friends and snowboard all over the world. And, um, you know, trying to not take that for granted as well as, you know, focusing on myself, working on becoming a better snowboarder, learning new tricks and kind of, drawing that focus into you know big events like the world championships this year
0: so i love it man yeah and it's always nice um speaking with athletes when they do have other things in the olympics to look forward to um that's one of the the biggest disappointments with a lot of olympic athletes is you know in your case you got injured um and you know it's, it's unfortunate but yeah as you said you still have world championships you have the entire world cup circuit um you yeah. still have things like the x games which hopefully you'll be able to uh, uh go to within one of these you know hopefully this year if not not the next. I mean, so there's always these other big events that you can look forward to. And it just stinks listening to certain athletes where the only thing they have is the Olympics. You know, you're gearing up for four years and it's unfortunate, but I like your, your thought process on, you know, figure out what you want to be at the end of the year, reverse engineer it. And what can you do day by day to get there? So that is uh, how I'd live my life. uh, And I'm not a professional athlete. So clearly we're both doing something right. Hopefully at least that's what we'll land on. So um, good stuff, man. So um, only a couple more questions for me. One, one thing I always love to ask athletes and really just to get a good understanding is um, the monetary aspects of your sport and, and being an Olympic hopeful and being on the U S national team. Um, You kind of alluded to how they already help you currently, but um, you know, we're obviously not interested in in how many dollars you make. Um, But I just like to have an understanding that yes, the Sean Whites of the world, deserve everything they get in my opinion. Um, but they are absolutely the exception to the rule and not quite the rule itself. So, um, I don't really have a good way of asking this question, unfortunately, I'm not, not Katie Carrick yet, but, um, you know, what, what has, what are the monetary aspects of your sport and, and specifically being an Olympic hopeful and, and how do you kind of deal with that either, either struggle or, or, um, the, the aspects of it that are kind of difficult to deal with or, or how much it is helping you along the way.
1: Yeah. You know, it's tough for sure. Um, like I said, like the U S team has taken so much of that weight off my shoulders, um, by just, you know, helping with expenses and travel and stuff like that. Um, I would say, you know, coming up through high school and, and even now, like my parents have done so much, um, you know, both as being family and friends and supportive and stuff like that, but also, financially and helping me that way. Um, I've worked full time every summer since I was about 14. So I started in a pizza shop and then, you know, I've done countless jobs every summer and kind of just like, you know, saving money all summer just to be able to afford my winter, um, and to buy flights and and do all that stuff. So, um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's nice. So like, even though my summer is not filled with snowboarding completely like um, some other people's, but it's kind of, you know, taking a step back, working, making some money, kind of taking some time to myself, you know, um, preparing for the season, both physically and mentally. So um, I, 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 I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take away that time. You know, I like that. I like working. I, I worked a painting job all summer. So um, it's a little, it's nice. It's a, it's a break. I don't want to do it forever for sure. But um, you know, it's, it's, I got to do what I got to do to, to get through my season and, and, um, you know, get where I want to go. So that's how I've been doing it.
0: Yeah, man. And I, I commend you for that. That is incredible. Um, I, it just frustrates me uh, from my standpoint where, you know, you're one of the best snowboarders in the country, obviously, again, by you won the new US National Championship. I mean, we're not messing around here. And it's just it's it's frustrating to me to hear that then you in the summer, I mean, and I understand that you enjoy it. But um, it would be nice if you didn't have to do something like that. Or you did something like that, because you wanted to not because you had to. Um, it's just, yeah. very, you know, I, I understand you got to do what you got to do, man. And I love that. And I respect you for and I appreciate it um, but at the same time it would be nice for I don't know just just in general for people to understand that again you are one of the best snowboarders in the world and you shouldn't have to work at a pizza place as much as I love pizza and as much as yeah. you love pizza it would be cool if you could uh, you know just do either what you wanted or, 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 or did that because you wanted to and not because you had to so it's unfortunate yeah. but this is the life we live and uh, something tells me you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top so uh, I respect the heck out of that man and I appreciate Uh, you put in that time and that effort and that energy just so, uh, so you can do that. So thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Back to the, back to the ACDC song. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. It's a good way to live your life. I mean, there's worse songs, right? Yeah. Um so one other thing that I like to ask, and, and I I promise, I'm not trying to kick you out of your sport early. I promise you that. But um I always like to ask athletes, uh, you know, obviously your career is gonna come to an end one day. That's obvious, we know that. But is there anything that you look forward to, I guess, after? Is it are, are you thinking about coaching further down the line? Is there another industry or, or something that you're you, you want to look into and interested in in kind of making that post career career reality? as well
1: yeah for sure i mean i think for me like with with this whole path that i've, I've chosen to follow um, and the network i've gained the people i've met the places i've been able to travel to i definitely want to do something within the snowboard community after i'm done competing um, you know i think a big goal of mine is you know once i'm done competing in halfpipe is to start filming video parts and getting into the backcountry and stuff like that um, but again, that's not going to last forever, right? Like your body can only take so much for so long. So um, I really love doing photography and stuff like that. So that's something else I've been kind of trying to follow and, and put some attention towards right now and kind of trying to, you know, kind of tune those skills and, and um, just something I want to follow after competing is either, you know, being a photographer, or you know, I'm going to school for marketing and, And doing that stuff so whether it's being a team manager or working for a brand um, i think you know that's something i definitely want to do down the road and and still stay within this community that i love so much and and the people that i'm around all the time
0: love it man yeah i mean you you enjoy it and you have the opportunity and as you said you know unfortunately at 16 you didn't think to uh shake a lot of hands kiss a lot of babies but that's clearly something that you've realized over time that you have to do and and something tells me you're doing a pretty good job at it so uh, one last time, we have Ryan Wachendorf for USA Snowboarding Halfpipe 2022 Hopeful. Ryan, sincerely appreciate your time today, man. Thank you so much.
1: Of course, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes. I don't know if I introduced myself in the beginning, but it doesn't really matter because it's all about the Olympic athletes here. So please, if you guys don't mind, like, subscribe, review, share, comment, just get the word out on this a little bit more. Show all your friends, tell them all, tell your family members. Um, There's some incredible people that need a little bit more recognition here. So thank you so much. Always appreciated. And uh, oh. Follow Ryan on all his social medias. Uh, They'll be in the show notes. Follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram. If you want to shoot me a message on athletes you'd like to see interviewed, I'll do my best to try and get them on. Uh, Michael at ourathletes.us. And uh, other than that, thank you so much and hope you have a wonderful day.